Welcome to the Monday Night Bible Study Podcast, where we explore deep and we explore wide in chapters of the Bible. Okay. Thankfully it worked out since uh since I brought all my like laptop bag and stuff with me. I have all my uh my handy dandy small group notebook. <laughs> Anybody else? Was anybody else super into Blue's Clues growing up? Enough to catch your reference. All right, all right, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Blue's Clues is my jam. People always thought I was Steve growing up a little bit. I have a shirt that makes me look like Steve if I wear it. Okay, I can see that. <laughs> you could all, Casey. You could totally be a Steve. <laughs> It is now October 10, 5? 5, it is 5. 10, 5, 2020. Week number three, our third time. All right, well, uh, G-Baby, you prayed last week, and Leah was the week before that. Nope, Megan was the week before that. So who wants to take it tonight? As everybody smiles at the screen. I'll take it. Scotty too hotty. I would do it, but my voice is so bad. So like I don't want I wanna have people listen to that. (laughs) (laughs) What happened to your voice? Were you like yelling and cheering for something? uh, It's just (laughs) my voice it's tiny. I'm not sick. I'm like, I literally have no sore throat, nothing. I spend most of my summers with no voice. (laughs) (laughs) Working at camp. That makes sense. sense. All right. Well, I don't know what order people are for you guys, but I'm just going to call off an order. So Nicole, you're next. You're the uh, top one for me. So (laughs) we'll kick it off with you. weekend and past week has just been really good I've just been able to get ahead on a lot of the things I didn't have a lot of things going on so it was just nice to have time to get caught up with all my homework and schoolwork and things like that so um I would say that would be the praise and then um prayer I guess has just been on my heart just um continuing continuing just to pray for um all the churches and schools and ministries and just that they would kind of have wisdom in going forward with all the decisions that they have to make. And, um, yeah, and that we just continue to find ways to um, serve Christ, whatever it looks like, whether you're in quarantine or whether you're not in quarantine, but um, just continue to be a light and just have wisdom and all the hard decisions they have. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And I'm totally, I'm totally blanking on Angie. Angie, I'm sitting here like I know, I know what your name is. I'm sorry, Angie. <laughs> I was drawing a complete blank. Angie, for you. Um, praise was pretty good this week. I have nothing. <laughs> um, praise probably for my bestie, another brother. Um, he's sick so far. 
COVID, but he won't admit it. Um, <laughs> other than that, yeah, that's it. Which family member is that? What? Who, who is sick? My brother Steve. Okay. Got it. <clears throat> All right, Brooke, we'll come to you. Um, praise, I would say it was a really nice weekend. It was really fun. Did a lot of like fall activities. Like what kind of fall activities? That was fun. Well, okay, so I kind of like haunted houses. I think they're, I, 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 <laughs> I dragged him to a couple haunted houses with my aunt and I. So, um, and four. Went to, <laughs> you went to four haunted houses? Oh, okay. Things are making a lot more sense now. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways. Um, That's and then great. we went to this, like, pumpkin patch on Saturday, which oh, was fun. Nice. With my little cousin and my mom and dad. So, um, Sweet. So, yeah, that was really fun. So, yeah, it was a fun weekend. There was a lot. There was a lot going on, but it was a good week. Um, and then prayer. Um, if you guys could pray, I've had, like, a really messed up appetite, like, since I've been home pretty much, um, like I, I barely can like barely can eat anything. Like I just like, I don't have any, I'm not like nauseous or anything like that, but I just have no appetite. Um, I don't know if it's like nerves of being home or like what it is going on. Like, but I just, it's just been something that's been bothering me. Like, cause I just yeah. I, like all day, every day I can't, I have no appetite to eat. Like I have to kind of force myself to. So, um, so yeah, I don't really know what's going on. I'm kind of just giving it some time to kind of see as I settle in if like things get better. But yeah, um, but yeah, it's just kind of weird. Yeah, awesome. no, that is weird. Okay. You guys should pray for that. Yeah, for sure. All right, Scott. Um, I'm gonna have two work-related ones, I guess. It'll be praise would be. Last Monday, something pretty significant happened at work, and there was just, I guess, in the end, there was, I, I won't go into depth, but there was so much reason to just be thankful to God, and it's been on my mind all week. Um, that was, uh, that was like, Monday night after small group, and I recall, like, Bugs was talking also about, like, remember, like, when good things happened to, like, who to give praise to. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know if you guys remember when he was talking about that. Yeah, I remember that. Like it, it, acknowledging God's uh, hand in things, and um, that really specifically struck me after that as well. Nice. Um, I'm just yeah. There's so much. Like I said, I won't get into it, but there was just so much um, uh, was clear. Um, there was so much clear evidence of just God having a hand in things. And I'm extremely thankful for that. Yeah. Uh, that being said, uh, just some prayer for some coworkers for some, I guess, physical and mental health. All right, Ethan, it's coming down to you. Uh, I guess for me, it would probably be both prayer and praise, just this COVID situation. What with the guidelines we 
have at school. I can't go to school for 14 days from when I was exposed. So another full week. But then the good side of that is I'm only going to be missing one week of school because the week after is our fall break anyway. So even if I were to get sick now and have to quarantine for longer, I'm not going to be missing a lot of school. And just praise that I'm fine. And then prayer, um, also the same subject. My One of my roommates is pretty concerned about COVID. He's a little overweight. He had asthma when he was younger, so he really doesn't want to get it. So I'm trying to be pretty careful, staying in my room, avoiding contact with him. But just pray for him that he have peace of mind and hopefully not get it. Yeah. Brian. Uh, praise. Uh, yeah, had a, it was a long week of work, but, you know, I'm just going to just praise that God kind of helped me through that. Um, so just, uh, yeah, kind of uh, continuation of that as well, kind of pray for that, but also just want to pray for all of you. And, um, yeah, hopefully all you guys get better. Just also a mini praise that I didn't show up last Monday. So. <laughs> <laughs> but no one, so like, we were talking about this with a few, but no one, I don't think no one else had came down with anything. I think just me though. Well, who's all technically positive? Um, me, I think just Jen and I, for sure. Okay. But, I have, um, so two other co-workers at our office that came down with the same sickness like within 24 hours of me coming down with it um and like they've been around people who so i mean i don't know it might have been more work related than i don't know anyway yeah yeah for sure Okay, uh, let me get that down. Okay, Jen. Um, I think just prayer for, uh, or just thankfulness for for how God's worked out. Um, even like work situations and stuff. Just thankful for graciousness. Um, from people who don't need to be gracious and, um just for the time to get better again. Um, so, um, thank you for that. And, and, um, I guess even like the timing of when I saw my brother last and stuff. Um, yeah. But, um, and then as far as prayer goes, I think just in addition to just for all of the circumstances that unfortunately you guys are all having to walk through as a result of everything. And then, um, for my continued conversation with coworkers during this time, it's kind of crazy to navigate some of those decisions and stuff. And I don't envy the people having to make decisions, but just for hopefully opportunity to just build some rapport with coworkers for the sake of the gospel as a result. So, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Okay, Leah, coming down to you. 
I guess my praise would be for a really good weekend. Um, so I went back to Eau Claire to get the rest of my stuff, and so I got to see some of my family there. Um, and just had a good time seeing them, some of my cousins and stuff. Went to a apple orchard. Uh, actually, like, three or four different apple orchards, so that was really fun. <laughs> and, and then just a really good move. You know, everything's unpacked already. I was didn't feel like I was super rushed or anything, so that was really nice. So yeah, that would be my praise. Nice. And then, um, for prayer, I would just say that, you know, our school can stay open as long as possible. That's kind of a, everyone's a little on edge right now, because they're like, ah, oh, what if we have to close? And, you know, a little, a lot of uncertainty, even like teachers and students, so. Yeah. Just, you know, wisdom for the leaders, however they, whatever they decide. And just for God's hand to really be clear in all the decisions that are made. So. Yep. Totally. Casey. Yeah. Um, praise. Good. Uh, a good weekend. Um, was able to do the run for um, life, uh, and that was that was a great uh, five miles for me there and so that that's a praise um mr runner you huh (laughs) yeah every every weekend now (laughs) um sadly though i don't think i should be doing any more running anytime uh soon as as the day progressed on saturday i started to feel a little off and um things have kind of really gotten weird the last 48 hours um so prayer i went and took a COVID test i'm gonna get it results back hopefully in a few um hopefully today or tomorrow to find out if it's official but from the way my symptoms are kind of progressing even to today where it's it hurts to breathe um i'm very concerned um so yeah just prayer for for that whole situation and i i'm just assuming that i have it at this point um and i i don't know 100 percent yet but just assuming that's the situation and I'm going to be uh, locked down for a little while. So, yep. G man. <laughs> I love the mic. That's just fantastic. Just waiting for waiting for like <laughs> here we go. Yes. <laughs> it took twenty minutes to set this up. I'm going to do it, right? <laughs> Way to go, man. <laughs> um it was a weird weekend. Let me tell you. Uh yeah. Our all of our plans like just went out the window. Puff puff of smoke, just like that. Um, it's really bizarre. I, um, for reasons unknown, but God's goodness, like I am, I am not sick right now at all. I don't know why that is. Um, but I'm, you know, thankful that there's a sustained health there and just being able to, um, even do little things around here and try to take care of the wife a little bit and encourage her and, um, I, I don't know what's going on, but um, it's the situation we find ourselves in, another part of this year. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess the praise would be that in, in spite of losing a job and furlough and getting a new job and then working there a month and then quarantining and just all the things this year, um, you know, every step of the way, no matter how bizarre it's been, um, God's just been really good to us. He's provided everything that we've needed. He's um, done that and then some. So, you know, just all the different little things that keep coming our way this year in particular. Um, and it's not just to highlight ourselves. Obviously, we know that there's a lot going on all around the world, but um, just God's goodness in mm-hmm. the midst of all these things has been has been incredible. Um, prayer. Prayer. Uh, my grandmother, who is 80, hard to believe because she's looked the same for like the last 20 years. Um, she's having, at least as far as I know. Other grandma. Um, yeah, right. I mean, both both grandmas, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, this is grandma on my dad's side. Uh, my grandma hanging from Texas originally. Um, she's having, a, I think it's a knee replacement surgery, if I remember correctly. Um, that was supposed to be in the next week, week or so, week to 10 days. So I don't know with the spike in cases and just everything going on on a, on a daily basis, if that's, if that's still the plan. But um, just for her, um, surgery in particular, um, in light of recent events with other family members, um, can be a, you know, anxiety or an anxiety inducing process on its own. And then just that protection from, you know, the COVID and, and other elements in play there. Um, so I guess I would just say pray for her in the next week or so. And, um, and then I guess for myself, just when I finally do get to go back in, um, I have to have two full work weeks off. And so that's like right in the middle of trying to learn the new job and, um, keep all the things straight and all the responsibilities just that, um, I yeah. wouldn't lose too much ground on that and be able to pick it back up pretty, pretty easily. Okay. What are they doing? Is it just two weeks, no pay or are they cover in half or what? Well, as far as I know, uh, they're compensating me the entire time. Um, wow. that's what they've been telling me so far. So awesome. Well, praise God for which that, is, which is really great. Yeah. Good. I know that's kind of why, like, <clears throat> why we're hoping that my whole family comes back just a positive test because that way it can be like, we're all here at the house for two weeks, <laughs> got a two week vacation with everybody just here hanging out. So I'm kind of hoping for that. But so with that, then the most horrible vacation of our lives. yeah, it's kind of a weird, <laughs> weird hope. But, but, uh, but with that, I guess for us, praise, uh, the first half of the week was great being in Cape Cod, good vacation time. And, <laughs> But, I mean, it was really good. Like, Tuesday, got to see Megan's family for a little bit, and thankfully they seem to be doing okay. And uh, But then just time in the Cape with my family was really good. Like, just had a really good time. Uh, we played I we played Joke Boat with my family, and they loved it. So, of course. <laughs> I told I was like, hey, we should play this. I was like, none of my friends back home like it, but maybe you guys will like it. And we played for hours, and they kept wanting to play, like, more and more and more because they loved it so much. <laughs> so but this is a, like really fun time the weather was perfect like ate so much seafood and just a really good time getting to be with my family and you know, like our oldest nephew is a year and a half so kind of that fun age when they actually can like kind of talk and interact a little bit and so it's just been just a, just a fun time and you got to see the baby <laughs> so uh so yeah that was a good time and then this whole weekend we've all been just sick (laughs) but so then prayers i guess really prayer would be like 
I guess in a weird sense that everybody just would come back positive, just no, because then if there's like all of us except one is positive, then there's just, it just gets weird. But if it's like everyone's positive, we're all in the same house, we can all hang out together and then we all know, boom, it's just, it's the easiest and the cleanest path forward. But so I guess pray for the easiest path forward, if that's a good thing to pray for, <laughs> but so yeah, and then we can uh, keep just pray for Asa as well. Like everything should be okay. Like I don't there aren't any really any. There's no evidence that COVID should affect pregnancy t too much. Like the baby seems to be pretty protected. So and so far it seems to be doing okay. So just keep praying for for that and a special strength for Megan too. Just with the pregnancy can add to add to the virus. So. That would be uh, be for us. Okay, I think we got everybody. All right, Scott, well, why don't you take it away, and then we will uh, cover a few more verses in First Corinthians. Lord, come to you this evening uh, before we conduct this uh, Bible study in First Corinthians. Uh, we just want to praise you for so many things. Uh, this last week, Lord, um, so many had, had just a great time, a great week, a great weekend, whether that be with family, um, whether that be with friends, um, conversations with, with one another, uh, chances to support causes, and we just would like to praise you for that, for Nicole to be able to get caught up with her, her work, and Angie having, having just a, a, a good, solid week, um, the, the fun time with family and friends that uh, Brooke got to, to spend and um, wh whether it be three or four haunted houses or three or four apple orchards <laughs> as Leah had uh, we just thank you for that that good quality time um, that she had away as well and, and able to move her things I want to praise you for um, the fact that Ethan has a fall break coming up and that will help minimize uh, his, his absence from school and and that um, you're there to kind of assist in the, the struggles that the quarantine presents by, by providing that timing to him. I want to praise you for helping Brian get through a very tough work week and bringing mm -hmm. him to a, a, a new point and a, a new starting point for the, for the week ahead and just allowing him the strength to get through that. Um, for Jen and, and just the, uh, the fact that she's, she's so thankful for the, the, the graciousness that you have and um, given the timing of when she last saw her brother and that that might not be affected because of your timing, Lord. And for Garrett as well, that he just, amongst being surrounded by all of this, that he doesn't feel sick. We, we don't know if he, he is or is not technically sick, but just the fact that he can be strong and, and help, help Jen out and, and provide um, and just also for the, the, the goodness that you've presented in, in, into his life through the roller coaster of his, his job situation with not having a job and, and now having one, but now being on quarantine, we thank you for being there for him, Lord, for Casey and, um, the fact that he was able to support the assurance women's center and the run for life this last weekend. And that he went above and beyond and, and ran it, uh, ran it several times uh, for, for his cause. 
and then for Aaron and Megan that uh, despite everything, they're ultimately able to spend such good time with their family out in New Hampshire. Lord, I want to pray for Nicole and just that um, her as a teacher, um, her role is not impacted by current things going on with the, the pandemic and, and that being said, schools in general and for wise decisions going forward um, to look for a way forward and to know when when to hold back and when, when to pump the brakes uh, in terms of these events go. I want to pray for Angie um, and her brother Steve, just that he's feeling very sick, but he's he's probably downplaying what it, what it may be. And if it is, if it is a coronavirus that you just bring some clarity into the situation, as we know, uh, that, that will help others as well. And if it isn't, uh, we praise you that it isn't and, um, that you will just help him. Sickness. I want to pray for Brooke and this, um, she's had without, uh, feeling, feeling like eating a lot and just having a lack and just, um, pray that she kind of adjusts and, and, and figures out what the issue is, whether it's a medical problem or a nerve issue or just um, a lot of changes in her life right now. I just pray that you have your hand over her board and help her through this and, and uh, present to her a, a path of healthiness going forward. Pray for Ethan um, and just that he can be careful and cautious around his roommate. Um, his roommate has a lot of concerns, Lord. So just. Uh, be there for his roommate as well. Protect him. Uh, protect him from Ethan should he have the virus. And just allow Ethan to be in a position um, where he can uh, not present more harm to his con concerned roommate, Lord. I want to pray for Brian um, and um, really just uh, I, I thank you, Lord, that, that Brian has everybody on his mind. And like he said, just praying for everybody that's sick and I know Brian means our, our close group here, but really everybody in the world, there's just, there's a lot of uh, struggles that have come with this, as we all know, and uh, never pray too often for the uh, the challenges presented by this and, and the uh, harm that it causes, Lord. So I would just like to pray for, for everybody affected by this and uh, just the workplace, um, that uh, Jen is now currently temporarily removed from. Um, bring her the ability to um, re-enter that workplace um, in a position to foster some more relationships with her coworkers or relatively new coworkers uh, using the gospel Lord and just um, using her to share that message, um, to share the, the love that Christ has for everybody. Um, I, I pray that you just continue to allow her to, to make that happen, Lord. I want to pray for Leah and school um, <coughs> situation as well, similar to Nicole, and just that Bay City um, is healthy enough to stay open and that the proper decisions are made, and, um, and really for the, the children whom, whom it will affect the most, and, and their learning um, and their safety uh, amongst everything. So pray for that. And Casey, Lord, just that is concerning symptoms that are that have started to develop this weekend um one you bring him clarity on uh through the testing that we anticipate here come, coming shortly for him but that ultimately um, he gets healed and um is able to to be running again in the near future 
Lord, and, and we just uh, pray that you watch over that. I want to pray for Garrett's uh, grandma and the knee replacement, especially as it might be affected by uh, medical scheduling changes with the coronavirus, and just that you, you find the ability to um, allow this surgery to still happen, but happen in a safe way, and that um, his routine through work, um, that now that he's back, um, can kind of pick, pick up where he left off, given that uh, he has a lot of responsibilities and, and things that he's still learning in this new job. And I just pray that that he is able to kind of hit the ground running when he's able to safely return. Lord. And then finally, I want to pray for both Aaron and Megan. Um, really, the, the I think it's the that clarity as well and the predictability as well through the, the test with their entire family so that they know that their time can, can be uh, spent together in a more efficient manner, Lord. In a, in a more quality manner. And I want to just want to pray for their son as well, um, that this does not you know, affect um, any of the circumstances with their child and that you'll just protect him, Lord, and protect the two of them as well as their entire family who, whom they're with this, this week. Uh, Lord, there's, there's a lot of fear in the, in the world right now with this um, among, among other things. And, and there always is, there always will be, uh, difficult circumstances, but at the end of the day, Lord, we just know that you are the one who gets us through. Your son died for us, for our sins, and we just praise you every day for that. We know you get us through these difficult times <clears throat> as we continue, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Scott. All righty, guys. Let's, uh, let's go into 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's see here. Hmm. Chapter 2 is not that long. What time is it? 45 minutes? Let's, let's try to get through the whole chapter. It's not that long. And if we don't, that's all right. But let's read it, and then we'll see how far we get. So, as a reminder, Paul started this church. He knows it really well. He's very emotionally attached. It's the second longest place that he uh, spent. Ephesus is the longest place that he ever spent. Corinth is the second longest, so he's very familiar with these people. Uh, Romans is organized kind of with a main theological point. First Corinthians feels haphazard and kind of choppy because Paul writes based off of questions and problems. So that's what 1 Corinthians is built around, and we've been looking at the first problem that he addresses, which is divisions, and then he addresses every problem in question with the gospel. So we're still working our way through the first division, and I think we should be able to wrap it up tonight. Chapter 3 will start a new problem. Okay, well, let's do one verse at a time. And, yeah, one verse at a time. We'll go in the same order. So, as a reminder, so we'll go Nicole, Angie, Brooke. So, just remember who you're after. Nicole, Angie, Brooke, Scott, Ethan, 
Brian, Jen, Leah, Casey, G-Man, myself. So all of chapter two, let's rock and roll. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I myself will know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and the power. So that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yet we do not speak a wisdom to those who are mature, but not a wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But it is written, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except his Spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. This is why we speak, that it was taught us by human wisdom, but it was taught by the Spirit explaining spiritual realities with spiritual thoughts. Natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? we have the mind of Christ. Okay. So chapter two is going to kind of wrap up. So as last week, we were talking through uh, Christ as the power and wisdom of God, boasting only in the Lord. And then Paul continues that message of boasting only in the Lord. So, okay. Uh, let's take one through uh, one through five. Thoughts, questions, comments, confusions, contemplations, considerations. preaching to you is Jesus Christ and his crucifixion and like to just you know just telling them like or just proving to them like just that like the power of God is a lot better than any wise man that will come yeah you know 
Mm-hmm. So I, I just love how humble he is and how he just like just brings mm-hmm. himself way down to it's like it is not me. Like I'm not trying to preach big and fancy things to you. Like I'm just preaching to you the truth, and that's Christ and His crucifixion. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, and that's a lot of where the the aspect of the the sufficiency of Scripture and the sufficiency of the gospel comes in where it's like when we have issues and struggles or questions or confusions, like at the core of it, like we, what we need is how does Christ and him crucified relate to this situation or how do I think through this? And like, that's, that's the the main wisdom that we need and where we need to ultimately stand. Yeah, that's good, Brooke. What else? One through five. In verse 3, when he says, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling, is that like Paul's own personal weakness, or is he talking about like the church situation of weakness and fear and trembling? Ooh. Interesting. What do you guys think? What's verse 3 all about? I think that's a good way to put it, Nicole. And I wonder, I mean, verse three isn't totally clear either way, but it, he does seem to contrast his weakness with the spirit's power. So I could, I could see that. And that could kind of answer a question because something I was kind of thinking about as I was trying to think about like, what does it mean, like, plausible words of wisdom versus a demonstration of spirit and power? So I wonder if part of that is, like, the whole, like, um, like um, confidence and wisdom that comes from, like, himself and, like, his fancy thoughts about things versus, um, like, the demonstration of spirit and power. Like, I think of, you know, how we're told to, like, walk in the spirit and to be led by the spirit. So yep. the idea of, like, my words were coming from the spirit and the way God was leading me, not necessarily like all on my own strength or my own wisdom. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think that's really well put. Because again, especially going back to the the context of divisions, like you're gonna if <laughs> you're gonna follow the person who persuades you the best and has the most wisdom, and you're gonna want to follow and kind of wave that person's flag, but. I think Paul just, again, even himself of like, it's not me. Like, don't even wave the Paul flag. Just, I'm just preaching, like, wave the flag of the spirit <laughs> and of Christ and him crucified. Yeah, trying to get their their focus back, not on the messenger, but on the message. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. And maybe that's the maybe that's the best summary of like chapters one through one through two is like focus on the message, not the messenger. That might actually be probably the most helpful summary of the whole point that Paul's been trying to get at. Like stop. Yeah. Stop waving the flag of the messenger because it's not about wisdom or eloquence or how amazing you are. Like, it's Christ and him crucified. He's the wisdom and power of God. And so let God have his own power. Yeah, that's really, that's a good summary, Nicole. And I know for myself personally, um, like that idea of like, uh, speaking with, um, through the, um, leading of the spirit versus like your own wisdom is something that I sometimes like struggle with. Um, it's so, like in school, you know, we have to do chapel lessons on different things. And like, sometimes I'll go into it and I'll kind of be like, okay, like, how can I figure out like the best way to say this or the best way to do this? And I'll get all stumbled on things or I can't figure it out or I'll get, I'll hit a wall. And then when I just stop and I just pray and I'm like, okay, God, like, how do you want to reach these guys? What words do you want me to say to them? And it's just, it's so amazing to see how God works when we, instead of trying to figure it out, oh yeah, I'm a teacher. I know what I'm doing. Um, but instead when we go to him and we're like, okay, God, like you need to lead, you need to guide. And he's just so faithful to, and to just, I think help yeah. give. <clears throat> what we need um in that time mm-hmm. yeah I, that's a really good practical application on that because we've all been there whether in counseling someone or giving advice to someone or like teaching or preaching like like that's a temptation for all of us to be like how can i how can i say this and have all the glory go to me and people be wowed at my my eloquence or how i put it rather than just letting the Holy Spirit let his power reign. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I th- I'm sh- sure we've all been there and we'll continue to, <laughs> to fight back on, <laughs> on those same feelings. Yeah, that's good. Thanks for that, Nicole. Anything else on one through five? All right, well, let's take, oh man, kind of six through the end is almost kind of one. Let's do six through nine. 
Yeah, let's do six through nine. What does it mean when it says among the mature we impart wisdom? We we do ever speak of wisdom among the mature, but not a wisdom of this age. Yeah, that's good. Thoughts on that? Like mature, is he just talking about like other believers? Like other... Among the mature. Is that who he's referring to? We speak a wisdom among the mature. Oh, what do you guys think? I think if you tie it to the verse before, verse 5, um, verse 5 is talking about the wisdom of men, which you usually associate with um, people who are more mature or maybe elders. So you're saying, I think then verse 6 is saying, even when we're among the company of people who are considered like full of worldly wisdom we do impart wisdom but it's a different kind of wisdom so maybe contrasting that to what's considered wise by the world or the wisdom of men i think that seems to fit because it's like i mean after reading verses one through five you might think that paul only cares about stupidity and you know being kind of dumb and and that's odd like i mean Paul is super highly educated and he's obviously very wise and smart. So it's almost as if verse six is him like, it's not that we throw wisdom completely out the window. It's just we're operating on an entirely different kind of wisdom. And that's what it comes down to. It's not like, well, therefore I, I should go be a foolish person because that's, that's what Paul's telling me to do. Just be a fool. It's like, well, no, it's just you have to. Which type of wisdom are you going to choose to operate off of? Yeah, I think that's good, Leah, contrasting, contrasting that with those two. Although, what about the mature, as Brooke, Brooke brought up? Is it just returning, referring to, like, people who are considered wise, just, like, regular worldly wisdom? Like, they're mature? Like, emotionally mature, mentally mature? Among believers, are you saying? Um, I think it's just saying, like, I was comparing it to the wisdom of men. So, like, people who are mature are people who have the wisdom of men. Oh, okay. If that makes sense. But that's just my perspective. Yeah, sure. No, I mean, it's not really clear, so I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah. We do, however, speak a wisdom among the mature, but not a wisdom of this age. message to the uh the greeks right and aren't they kind of um kind of people of like who care a lot about like wisdom and like mm -hmm. knowledge yep so uh do you think he's referencing what they're kind of looking for i guess so almost like a slight to them of like we 
like for those who are actually mature, we speak a true wisdom, but you're actually not actually mature. Is that is that kind of what you're saying? Sure, who's not? That's where I'm confused. Say that yeah, again, Brooke. Like, how do you decipher who's mature and who's not in order to give that person a certain amount of wisdom? Like, how how are like how how do you how do you know that? Like, that's that's where I'm confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Any other thoughts on that one? Well, and then I was thinking too because he. And I don't know how big of a word this is, but he starts it out with yet, like almost like, mm-hmm. like there's something else he's referring back to. And so I was looking like <coughs> one says, when I came to you, I did not come to you with lofty speech or wisdom. And then here in verse six, he says, yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom. So I'm not sure if there's anything, if there's anything to that or not, but that was just something that kind of struck me the whole yet. Mm-hmm. Right. That's where my mind's going to. That's where I, where I think like it has to do with like whether or not you're a follower of Christ or not. Cause like, if you're not a follower of Christ, like you, you like if you're, or if you're talking to someone who's not like the, the message of, of Christ and him being crucified, like that, that's a simple, me- like that's where all the power is. And they need to understand that first. And they need to fall, like believe in that first before they're ever going to be able to understand any other wisdom that we would be able to provide for them. So like, that's where my mind is kind of going with that. Cause like, and then yet among the mature, we do impart that wisdom because we know that they are followers of Christ. They have, they, they do believe that, that simple yet powerful message of, okay, we believe Christ. We believe that he's crucified mm-hmm. and we can, we can go farther with that. We can go deeper with mm-hmm. that with those who are mature in their faith and who, who know when you're ready instead of those who don't. We're going to have to kind of take a different route mm-hmm. as far Yeah, and he'll address that in chapter 3. Like after this paragraph, he'll talk about spiritual babies and needing milk and not meat. So I wonder if this part is kind of him hinting at immaturity versus maturity. And then in chapter 3, he's going to, He's going to address that problem more specifically. So maybe we need to wait until chapter three to get his fuller explanation of mature versus immature. Cause he'll talk about like you are, I mean, chapter three, verse one, uh, I was not able to speak to you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as babies in Christ, I gave you milk, not solid food. Cause you weren't ready for it. So that could tie back to his reference here on, on those who are mature and can take the solid food. Mm-hmm. Which like you said, Brooke is obviously first, firstly, those who are followers of Jesus and then those who are living life according to God's wisdom and not the wisdom and eloquence of this age. Sweet. That was good. All right. What else on six through nine? We'll talk more about immaturity probably next week then. Does anybody have a cross-reference for verse 9, where this is referring to? Anybody got it? Yeah. Isaiah 64.4. You want to read that for us, Brooke? Oh, sure. Hold on. i got to go to it. 
there a lot of Isaiah? Yep, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah is the most quoted Old Testament book by the New Testament writers. Okay, Isaiah 64, 4 says, From of old no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. Can you read mine? I also have Isaiah 52, 15. 52, 15? Yeah. Uh, okay, Isaiah 52, 15, and so shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall, shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which has not been told, them they see. And that which they have not heard, they understand. Okay, so looks like Paul's conflating probably two passages there and just quoting it as one. Which he does often. Leah, was there anything else you wanted to pursue on 9, or were you just wanted to know the cross-reference? I just didn't have a cross-reference, so I was like, what is this from? Yeah. <laughs> so I knew a lot of other people probably would, so Got it. that's why I asked. Okay. All right, 6 through 9, anything else? think um the mature is referring to like wisdom just looking at verse eight none of the rulers of this age understood this for if they had they would have crucified the, the lord of glory um it's, I, I, I can see both sides i just think it uh, mature in this case is is talking about like worldly maturity um in this particular instance mm-hmm. What else? What do you think Paul's getting at in verse 8? I think we can dive into that. It'll be some good stuff for us to pull out. asking in verse eight like what is he saying yeah kind of like what is what's he getting at in verse eight or like explain verse eight what does verse eight mean what's it referring to even kind of tying into verse seven uh my brain's kind of going that whole macro uh macro picture the God's plan, you know, the wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages yep. for our our glory. 
Um, so I'm, I'm going even beyond creation here. It's, it's just a, such a massive plan. Yeah. Um, but what I, what I'm, you know, as I read the, uh, for if they had, they would have, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I thought I was reading, they would have crucified Christ, which would have made no sense. But <laughs> they did, So it's good. <laughs> Yep. So seven's definitely getting at, I mean, like the macro plan and the, 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 the orchestration of, of Christ and him crucified. But then verse eight, maybe anything on verse eight in particular? I feel like it's kind of like contrasting the the wisdom of man with the wisdom of God and kind of pointing it out like, you know, the, cause verse six talks about the wisdom of the rulers of this age, which if they had understood God's wisdom, they wouldn't have done what they did because like, I don't know, I guess it just kind of shows cause God's wisdom is so much greater um, than theirs. And they thought they were so smart, but they really, if they really were, they wouldn't have um, made the choices that they did. <clears throat> yeah, and even God keeping keeping that the the plan hidden from uh from the rulers of this age. It's just a it's a it's a fascinating aspect to see God's plan from before creation interacting with <clears throat> the rulers of this age, which is Paul's reference to the evil spiritual beings the rulers of this age that God, cause like, like people talk all the time about like, didn't it seem so obvious? Like why in the world? Like, isn't it so obvious that, that Jesus, like killing Jesus would not work out or like you kind of look at Satan and all of his spiritual evil minions. And it's like, did they not know? Did they not get it? Like why, why would they actually go through with it? This seems so stupid. Like, you read the Bible and it seems so obvious, like, duh, this is what is going to happen. And yet, like what Paul tells us in verse eight is that like God has had this thing planned out since before the ages and he has divinely misdirected and kept it hidden so that evil spiritual beings would not figure out God's plan and ruin it. question so if they knew what god's plan was all along wouldn't they think that they have to crucify god or jesus in order to be able to be redeemed or am i thinking too much into it no i mean that's a that's a good necessary thing that jesus gets crucified I mean, it is a necessary thing, but not for evil spiritual beings and Satan and all of his his minions. Like, that's salvation for humanity. Okay. So is that what it's re- referring to in 8? Is the, if the spiritual demons didn't know, if knew about his plan? Yeah, I mean, that's what, like... I mean, the whole, like, Christ crucified and then rising again and now rising, conquering and victorious. 
Like, if they knew what was on the other side of the cross, then then they definitely wouldn't have crucified crucified him. So we're supposed to look at rulers of this age as, as spiritual beings or men? I think primarily, like, rulers of this age is, like, that's, that's Paul's vocabulary and biblical vocabulary for spiritual beings. I mean, you think of Ephesians 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, principalities, powers. <laughs> gotcha, yeah. The first time I read it, I just assumed it was talking about, like, kings of the earth at the time that Paul was living. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, and, like, obviously, like, they work through... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it can mean, like, physical human rulers but we've seen like those people have been impacted by i guess evil spirits yep. if you will that have impacted their decisions and that they're corrupted by this sense of um you know ungodliness mm-hmm. and so it means that as well but like ultimately it goes back to just evil in its purest sense yep yeah like they obviously i mean you have uh, Pilate and the Jews and all of them that like, and Judas, like obviously there are the human aspects of it. But I mean, even back in Mark, when you read about Satan entering Judas to go, it's like, well, like what is <laughs> like, what's going on there? It's Judas, but he's, he's empowered by the evil one. And so the same thing here of you, yeah, you have Pilate and the Jewish high priests, but when Paul, as when as Casey pointed out, when you look at the macro level, because verse seven is talking about like God's, this plan has been planned since before the ages, <clears throat> and so, and then like you would ask like how how did Satan and his evil like how did they not figure it out like they had thousands of years to figure out what God was doing, and Paul says because God's wisdom is greater than even evil spiritual beings that they could not thwart God's wisdom. Because what no eye has seen or ear has heard or human heart has conceived, God has prepared these things. And I think it's helpful too, like when you get into real life conversations of like, do does Satan and do demons and do evil spirits, do they know the future? And Paul here in eight says, no, they don't. So like I mean when you're so even like even that like that's a super hands-on when someone's like you know does Satan know the future? And Paul here says no. To me it lends um then like the rulers of this age if they're spiritual beings their their true power is really just to create chaos and to deceive um on behalf of Satan. Uh, so that's to me that's really fascinating. Yeah. Yep. And even the way that you put it, like that's, I mean, that's a good understanding of, of spiritual, evil spiritual beings. Like they're, they're anti-God. Like God brings, like look at Genesis 1, God brings life and order and beauty in Genesis 1. Evil spiritual beings bring death, disorder, and destruction. They, they bring the opposite of, <clears throat> of that. And then this also ties, like, going back to Romans 8.30, when Paul says, I'm persuaded that nothing in heaven, like, nothing in neither height nor depth nor 
things to come, nor things past, nor powers or rulers or anything can separate us from the love of God because God's wisdom is going to triumph over them all. Like nothing is going to, nothing is going to beat God's wisdom. Because I've heard people talk, I've heard people make comments like that before of like, you know, couldn't Satan have just read the Old Testament and figured it out? <laughs> so I don't know if anyone else has heard comments like that, but like I've heard people make that comment. They were like, couldn't Satan have just read the Old Testament and didn't he know like what was coming? And so I don't know if anyone else has had that, those same comments or thoughts or whatever, but, yeah. but I've, I've heard that many times. It's like, well, he, he did read the Old Testament, but... Verse 7, God's hidden wisdom was kept hidden as a mystery. But well, now I think I was just revealed. looking at verse... Oh, oh no, I was, no, I was done. Oh, that's it. I was just looking at verse 10, and I think that just, like, ties into it. Like, it says that God revealed to, this, uh, to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Yeah. And, like, just, like, the idea that, like, the Spirit is the one who knew God's heart and mind and plan and all of this, and then mm -hmm. he chose to reveal that to us through the spirit and that's how yes. you know we were able to come to understand it because god through his spirit revealed it to us which obviously he didn't do that to satan mm -hmm. yep so yeah exactly and that's why the importance of the holy spirit is so crucial like how can you take someone who looks at the cross as offensive or foolishness and now all of a sudden they view it as power it's because the Holy Spirit opens their eyes to see it for what it actually is. Like the Jews saw the cross and they saw it as a stumbling block. The Greeks looked at the cross and saw it as foolishness. And evil spiritual beings looked at the cross and saw it as their victory. <laughs> and all three of them are wrong. And it's not until the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts and says, actually, the cross is power. Yeah, that's really good, Nicole. Yeah, verse 10 works well on that. So with that, let's take like 10 through the end. 10 through 16, and then we'll wrap it up here. Can I actually backtrack one second? Yeah, go for it. So if if that's true that Satan and the demons don't have any idea of what's to come, but they still can like kind of get ideas from, you know, the Bible and the Old Testament, wouldn't they essentially try to avoid anything in Revelation? Yeah, that's a good point. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not sure how to discuss that because you don't have any like, Revelation is the last book written. So you don't really, <laughs> there's nothing in the Bible to point to like interactions of, of uh, Satan or whatever, uh -huh. being aware of that. But I would, I would, I would imagine that Satan has read Revelation and is aware of it. And how, but how that's all going to go down. I think some of that is still the mystery that, that we're looking forward and kind of seeing some of that hidden mystery. And some of that is probably still kept hidden. Yeah. From us in some senses and from Satan and evil spiritual beings. 
<laughs> Lottie. <laughs> All right, ten through uh, ten through sixteen, guys. Last paragraph. I think this this paragraph is is extremely underrated as like an encouraging passage. Like, there's some really cool stuff in here. Casey, what were you saying? I was about to ask, um, when you think of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, um, do you guys think of this verse in 10 talking about the Spirit searching everything? Because I, I don't have that shelf space in my um, brain. I think of it more as a signpost instead of an active searching agent. Um, so I, I find that fascinating. Anybody have any thoughts on that? I think I've heard of it before, but like I said, it's not the first thing I think of mm-hmm. when I think of the spirit. But I've heard of that before. Yeah, it's definitely not something major that we think of. Which I don't know why. Like that's that's such an encouraging thing to be like the Holy Spirit that we've been given that dwells inside of us has like is bringing the very heart and mind of God into us through the Holy Spirit, so that we can learn and grow and have wisdom and the knowledge that we need and the ability to read God's Word and understand it and it's it's pretty comforting. really cool that in like verse 13 we can like impart spiritual wisdom even as we're like coming into an understanding of a concept like through the holy spirit we can share that growth of ourselves and you know led by the spirit with other christians who will then be able to understand that through the holy spirit which is in them which is like literally what's happening here right now with all of us Mm -hmm. i think that's so cool yeah Yep. Yeah, that's really good, Leah. Really, really good. What else, guys? It's just uh, um, amazing to see that in 11... I think at the end, um, no one except the spirit of God comprehends the thoughts of God. And yet this same spirit will reveal portions of those thoughts to us. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, it's crazy. <laughs> if I'm honest. It's almost like the other side, like the other extreme, like Romans 11. <laughs> Paul's just like. Who can know the thoughts of God? <laughs> and then here in First Corinthians, and then here in First Corinthians two, he's like, "You can know the thoughts of God because you have the Holy Spirit." <laughs> All right, Benny Hinn, come on now. <laughs> it is crazy though, yeah, because it's like you can't you can't have both. And Paul's like, "Oh yeah, you can have both." <laughs> here, here. But then, like, like when you kind of align it all up, like seeing 
there's this quest for wisdom and power and then Paul's just trying to bring it back to like wisdom and power is not found in trying to collect wisdom over here and then power over here and eloquence over here. Like when you have the spirit who is the power of God, who helps you understand Christ, who is the power of God, and he brings the wisdom of God into it's, it's like you have all you need in the spirit who helps you understand scripture and to see the cross for what it really is. So why, like, what else do you need? Like, you're known by God, and you can know God, and, like, be more content with it. <laughs> be more content with that. You don't need to go looking in other places for wisdom and eloquence or power. All right, any uh, other thoughts? 10 through 16. Still a few more things we could touch on. Take a guess from the book. <laughs> Mine says Isaiah forty thirteen. Yep. <laughs> you want to read that, Nicole? Sure. Okay. Uh, who has measured the spirit of the Lord, or what man shows him his counsel? Yeah, on a kind of a side note, I, Isaiah is one of the most important books in order to understand the New Testament. So I think that's what I'm going to read through next after for my, for my own personal time. I just want to be more familiar with it. All right, what else? 10 through 16. So I almost wonder, like, I don't know, like, just just the way chapter two is going off of chapter one, like, in chapter one, it seemed like there's a lot of this, like, okay, don't be um, elevating people. Um, and then in chapter mm -hmm. two, there just seems to be like this thing about like, um, like wisdom and stuff. And so I wonder if part of it was, you know, they were putting, like, I guess we said at the beginning, putting more emphasis on the messenger and like, yep. and like that specific person's wisdom. And so like here... He's just, again, like pointing them back to just like where wisdom really comes from and yeah. how, you know, whether you're yeah. Paul or whether you're Apollos or whether you're Peter, um, that the Holy Spirit is at work in all of them. And, you know, he's at work in us. And that's kind of mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of where our go to is. It's not so much what Paul said this, but it's like okay, what is how is God speaking through these people? Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's just interesting to kind of think of it. Um, this passage in relation to everything else that he's kind of been talking about so far. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good, <clears throat> another good summary is he's trying to just bring all the focus off of the messengers and onto the message of, yeah, the same Holy spirit that's speaking through Peter and Paul. Like we, we don't have less of that spirit. I mean, you think of some of the greatest Christians throughout church history, they have just as much of the spirit as we do. 
Yeah, and, the, and those people aren't so great because they were so smart, but it was because God revealed to them these truths yeah. through, um, through his spirit. Yeah. Which is why that's been one of the great, the great principles and teachings of, of church history has been like you as a believer with the Holy Spirit and your Bible can like, you can actually read and understand God's word. And then when you come together with other believers to read and study with other believers who all share the same spirit, like there's going to be wisdom and things that come from that. Like, that's not because, I mean, even like these Monday nights, like these are great. <clears throat> and like at the end of the day, it's these Monday nights, it's not like, oh, well, you know, this takeaway was great from this person or that person. And like, that's the Holy Spirit that's speaking through that person. Like, that's, that's what's happening. Sweet. I'm an hour ahead and I looked down and I was like, oh my word, it's nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh wait, no, it's only eight. Okay. All right. Any other uh, thoughts or things you want to pursue? I'm a little curious about um, verse 15, where it says the spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. Like I kind of get a little bit where it's coming from. Like, because we have the spirit of God in us, leading us in our, how we perceive things and how we judge things. But I don't, I'm not, I'm a little cautious to understand what the, the tail end of that verse means. Yeah, sure. I don't know. <clears throat> so next time somebody judges you, do you just respond with this verse? <laughs> <laughs> the spiritual oh, man, person will be judged by no one. <laughs> but I will judge you because I am spiritual. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's what's going on. So what is uh, going a great on? Question. Yeah, no, that, that is, is a really it, good question. It's a it's a weird verse. So thoughts. I wonder if verse 14, the end of 14, helps us. Let's get the same word. <clears throat> so is this saying that the natural person or an unsaved person cannot judge a saved person because they don't have that same perspective? Is that what you think this is saying? That's kind of what I'm leaning towards. I'm not, I, I don't really know, but that's kind of what I'm yeah. leaning towards of, it was like Paul, like 15 is a general, it's almost like a proverb. You know, the spiritual person judges everything yet is not judged by anyone. Like in context, I think it's, it might be the spiritual person is able to evaluate and judge everything rightly. And yet he is not able to be judged by anyone else mainly Without by those that. yeah i don't know that's kind of how i'm i'm leaning towards that any yeah. other thoughts or anyone else got other things to throw onto that 
does that fit then with like in chapter one where it talks about like the cross i think that's chapter one right like the cross is a stumbling block and like foolishness and folly to those who are not being saved like mm-hmm. like there's not an ability to to judge or to, to discern for someone who's not in Christ. So, like, it will seem like foolishness to them. And so... So, therefore, all of their judgments are going to be off to begin with? Right, right. Yeah. At, least at least regarding like spiritual a, a things. Some, right, right. Or even, like, things that seem foolish that we things that make us distinct because they're a priority mm-hmm. in Christ, yeah. but wouldn't it be yeah. a priority outside of Christ? I think that would fit. Verse 14, but the person without the spirit does not receive what comes from God's spirit because it's foolish to them. He is not able to understand it since it is evaluated spiritually. How does, does, uh, here's how mine translates the end of verse 14. He is not able to understand it since it is evaluated, judged spiritually. Is that way off from other people's? Mine has because they are spiritually discerned, which is almost the same thing. Can somebody read ESV's the last part? He is not able or unable. Yeah, he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Not able to understand them. Okay. So like when you take the them, he is not able to understand them since it is judged spiritually. It must be the things that come from God's spirit, which goes back to kind of what Jen was saying. The spiritual person, however, can judge everything and that everything must be everything that comes from God's spirit. I think that is anyone else still need kind of clarification or? It's still a little foggy for me, but I think I got a little bit more clarity on it. I think yeah, likewise. We, I think if we tie in 15 and 16 as well, um, so for who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? So I think, obviously, the Spirit and God are one, and so we are being led basically by the mind of God. So mm-hmm. because we have the mind of Christ, we are able to judge because we're led by christ but without that how can you basically instruct god you can't and so Mm -hmm. i think that ties into can't be judged by anyone because it's not us doing the judging it's god and so that kind of um transfers ownership i guess Mm -hmm. yeah i think think it kind of gives a little bigger picture or a better picture there with those two verses Mm -hmm. yeah i think that works out well okay that was that was helpful All right, anything else? 10 through 16, guys? All righty then. 8, 10. Not too bad. We'll wrap it up there. We made it through a whole chapter. Not bad. Pretty good. 
That was a good discussion. I enjoyed it. All right, let's uh, let's pivot into some takeaways, shall we? And we'll go in the same order. So, Nicole, kick it off with you. And just um, and just like thinking about the awesome gift that we have through the Holy Spirit and just how amazing it is, you know, we're just talking about how, yeah, like the rulers of this age, they don't understand the mind of God because they don't have the spirit. But like we have the opportunity to um, have a glimpse into the mind of God because of the spirit living in us. And that's like that's so amazing and so awesome. And I, mm-hmm. I just love that. Yeah. Nice. Brooke. Yeah, I would say the same. It was just super encouraging. And then to add to that, like, verse 9, like, just that quote. So, like, what no eye has seen nor your heart nor the man of, heart of man imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. It's like there's just so much to look forward to, too. And, like, there's, mm-hmm. like, there's no end to, like, you know, learning more about God's wisdom and who he is. And yeah. um, so just constantly having that mindset to keep wanting to, you know, learn more and just praying that, you know, God continues to open your heart to more knowledge and um, just more from him. So it's just, yeah, just a really super encouraging passage, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It really is kind of, like I said, kind of an underrated passage for spirit encouragement. Scott, for you. I was saying like verses seven, eight, nine, that area, um, just where we're talking, uh, well, basically, so, you know, sometimes we think Satan has such a foothold in, in things. Um, but like the wisdom of God is like always mm-hmm. just beyond that. Just a reminder of that. And that, um, like talking about his wisdom as being like hidden and not yet, like not yet known to those evil, evil things is, is really incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sweet. Ethan. I'm really interesting just to see the continued contrast between the things of the world and the ways of God, yeah. both with like, when I was talking about the wisdom of the world and then the spiritual things like worldly people are not going to understand because they don't have the spirit. Mm-hmm. And then just that whole section on the spirit, it's a good reminder that like, yeah, we all know we have the spirit, but I think for me, it's easy to forget and be like in tune with the spirit and just be mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah, I guess God is in me. But like, <laughs> yeah, how often do I actually like think about that fact and realize that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Something I think we can all all work on for sure. Brian, what you got? You look like you're drowning in the uh, Pacific Ocean there. <laughs> oh, am I? Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> um, I guess uh, my takeaway would just be, um, yeah, just kind of learning more about the uh, the third person of God, of the Spirit. Um, mm-hmm. It is kind of interesting just kind of in that second half of this, like I want to say this, just either spirit or spiritual is probably brought up. 10 probably about 10 times the different words so yeah it's kind of interesting just kind of how he relates to kind of all of us in, in the body of christ so mm-hmm. nice jennifer um i think maybe in line kind of with what some of scott was saying just um just really encouraging to think about the fact that it, I, I think especially this year we like to think like <laughs> we're living in this like super hopeless dark time and um and just realizing that like then now evermore like like 
the powers that are at work that are evil and opposed to God aren't, aren't, it's not a, an equivalent fight. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and that like the cross always, always trumps that. And, um, that, that we are not without hope. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good, good application for our times. Leah. Um, so I really enjoyed the, the kind of topic about the rulers of this age and like, um, you know, what the question of like, do demons like know the future and such? Like I've heard that question before, but like, I did not pick that up on my first reading. So it was really good to kind of see, Oh, okay. Like different pieces come together. Mm-hmm. And then I just really loved the conversation about the spirit. Uh, I feel like a lot of times like spirit of God is really overlooked sometimes. So we, we just don't think about spirit as much. And so it was really cool that Casey pointed out that like the spirit searches us and like literally knows every single aspect of our being and our personality. And so that was really cool just to see and just to think about how, how, you know, am I aware of that in my life and how does that look like in my life? Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, totally. Casey. Yeah. Mine's probably takeaways are probably like carbon copies of Leah's to be, to be honest, like flushing out the whole rulers of this age and, um, not, it's not just a person. And I've thought about that in the past, you know, when you read the Ephesians verse talking about, you know, it's more than that. And it's like, yeah, check, check mark. But, um, I didn't really apply that here and applying that here really colors that in a lot, a lot better, but just reading the actions of the spirit is just really amazing. You know, the spirit, um, reveals to us things of God, the spirit searches everything, even the depths of God, the spirit comprehends the thoughts of God. It's just, it's just amazing. Um, so just really just coloring this, what the spirit does instead of a signpost or a schoolmaster that just randomly convicts you of kind of like the conscience, which is not, um, the spirit and the spirit is not the conscience. It's just really amazing to kind of fill out and separate the two ideas of conscience and spirit and what the spirit really does. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the, all the action verbs that you brought out for, for the spirit. That's good. G man. Yeah. Um, you know, I think in terms of the, the back half of, uh, of our passage, um, it, uh, you know, we talk a lot about who we are in Christ. And so, um, kind of being able to look at who we are through the spirit in a sense, um, was, was really interesting. Um, and it was kind of mentioned a couple of times, uh, perhaps in different contexts, but the idea was still the same. I think that, um, who we are and what we're able to do in a sense, whether it's, um, in terms of judgment or, or discernment, um, is absolutely involving, uh, no part of us solely. Um, it is only because of, um, God's enablement, whether it's through, um, his grace or his, uh, his goodness or, or, or whatever, or through the spirit, himself um none of these things that we're able to do in the spirit or in christ are solely due to our own efforts so that was that was a good way of taking something kind of familiar but unpacking it a little bit more Mm -hmm. and then um seven eight and nine um really it just made me think of how that um man i mean I think there's no question that it's man influenced by 
um, demonic forces and the evils of this world. But um, man's best shot, if you will, um, perhaps even his greatest sin, his greatest affront against God in the crucifixion of Christ, like man kind of, you know, does his worst, if you say, um, if you want to say it that way. Um, and his worst actually only serves to be um, the play, playing a role in um, in the perhaps the most crucial part of God's plan that he had uh, before time began. So just knowing like evil at its worst, um, no matter what that looks like, is still um, only when it comes when, when that evil comes to fruition, it is only serving as another part of God's sovereign plan. It's, it's mm-hmm. that ironclad. It's that certain. Yeah. So um, just a really encouraging passage overall. Yeah. Nice. And uh, th- that passage seven, eight, nine, you guys know the song death was arrested by North point inside out. Some of you guys might know the last phrase, uh, our savior displayed on a criminal's cross darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost. Mm. Uh, that's where this is coming from. Darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost. So that's why we say like they, they thought they won when Jesus was crucified. And yet, as Garrett mentioned, it was all part of the plan. So, so next time you listen to that song, uh, this is where that comes from. Uh, for me, probably uh, Nicole's point from the first couple verses of how, how often, and it's, I mean like especially for me, like preaching and teaching often, it's very much like that temptation to kind of be the Apollos or have eloquent words and people thinking like, okay, how can I say it just perfectly rather than depending on the Holy Spirit's power and the Holy Spirit revealing Holy Scripture to other people who have the Holy Spirit <laughs> and not me trying to to work magic or work wisdom or something like that. So that was that was just a good a good reminder that I needed to, in, in whatever I'm doing, talking to someone one-on-one or counseling or preaching to not, not get focused on my own wisdom where I miss the Holy Spirit's power who searches the mind of God and knows God's word. So I, I needed that reminder. That was a really good one for me. Well, guys, we have done what we always do. We have explored deep and we explored wide in this chapter. And we will do it again next week, probably back here on Zoom. (laughs) So I'll close in prayer. (laughs) Father, we do thank you for tonight. Thank you for the gift of technology. And God, we certainly uh, don't like being, uh, not being together. We certainly prefer being together as friends and studying your word. But nevertheless, we do thank you uh, for the gift that technology is that we can still have this. Thank you for for 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for giving us your spirit to dwell in us, uh, that your spirit knows your heart and mind, and that your spirit can reveal your your word to us. So Father, help us to be more reliant and dependent upon the Holy Spirit uh, than ourselves. Help us to be more dependent on the wisdom of the cross rather than our own wisdom. God, help us to live and stand in that. We ask for your help in that. In Jesus' name, amen.